to me, my podcast listeners, welcome to the next installment of the Dom of X. I am your host, as always, Dom Torres, with my amazing co-host once again. It is Dylan Gray. How are you doing today, my guy? How are we doing today? I'm doing good. You know, the weather's starting to warm up. Uh, my allergies are getting like less and less bad. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what the summer brings. I'm excited to see what this new chapter in X-Men is going to bring. I mean, coming off of the X of Swords stuff, I was really wondering how can they top it? You know, like they've been going so good with the steady pace moving upwards. Like wh- what's going to keep keep me back into it? And this next set that you had me read really brought me back into it. And I am I love it. That's a good thing because I have very many opinions on uh, whatever this, because uh, we're, we're reading, we, we're talking about another five issues of this uh, Reign of X installment, post Ten of Swords installment, whatever you want to call it installment, uh, the next wave of books, I should say. Before we go all into that, I want to talk about one brief thing. Marvel came out with more information about Jonathan Hickman's new addition to the X line, Inferno. It's going to be four issues, uh, oversized, all issues are oversized. You're going to be drawn by the amazing artist uh, Valerio Skidi who w- who is currently drawing sword I believe he's going to be taking a temporary pause in that book uh, to draw uh, to draw the first and last issues of Inferno next up you have RB Silva who is the amazing guy uh, who who drew uh, powers of powers of 10 uh, no fans are huge on him obviously uh, and he's gonna be there as well and Stefano Caselli uh, the third, the third man, uh, sort of bringing up to speed, um, uh, the guy, this guy has been drawing a lot of stuff. He was, did you know this before, before we head into the issues of Marauders, did you know that Stefano Caselli drew Hickman's first Marvel book when he, well, it literally when Hickman first did a Marvel book, he was, the, he was his first guy who drew his stuff. No, I didn't know that. Uh, was and his first one was that was that the Fantastic Four and all that kind of stuff or did he do stuff before Fantastic? He Four? did stuff. He did a thing called Secret Warriors. Uh, pretty much uh, delved into the makings of Shield and Nick Fury, the Howling Commandos, and all that. That was his first ever run at Marvel in two thousand and eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, Brian Michael Bendis even attached his name on the project because he wanted this Jonathan Hickman guy uh, to succeed. So there is some, I think, debt owed to Brian for pushing up Hickman's name. But that is a thing. That was a thing. And Stefano Caselli, who is drawing Marauders, will be drawing Inferno. That I don't know. I just thought that was a cool fact that I'd, I'd slip in. Yeah, well, I mean, we owe a lot. Marvel owes a lot to Bendis, as far as I'm concerned. To Bendis, to Marvel, to Hickman to marvel to 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 miller what to miller all millers actually frank and mark i mean th- these are some really iconic people and to think that like they a lot of these guys bring in the talent too you know what i mean like um i believe um during uh what's his name mark miller was actually brought in by the rest of the the british invasion i think is what they called it in like the the mid 90s and stuff like that and uh i think I, it's it's really cool to think like when these top shelf guys actually have like a lot more to do with the the publisher than just like coming up with ideas and writing scripts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's all big. It's a bigger uh, it's a bigger industry, flaws and all. Uh, it's a big industry, lots of bringing peeps in, and I I don't know. I just thought that it'd be a neat little tidbit for all these guys because we wouldn't have that era, this era of X Men. I don't think if Brian Michael Bendis hadn't said. This Jonathan Hickman guy over at Image is pretty cool. Let me put my name on a book with him. Uh, And now he is where he is today. The head of X and the master scribe of the entire X-Men franchise, which is still insane to me. Uh, Almost two years in, which is also crazy to say. Like, literally from today, we're recording this. I have no idea when it will be out because of our weird schedule. Well, we are recording this on the 6th of Sunday. It's my uh, cousin's birthday, so happy birthday to you, Christian. Um, like, 
it's almost it's almost been two years since uh, Powers or House of X and Powers of Ten came out, which is just insane to me. Um, when we when we get to that countdown, I have no idea. What, but this this episode might come out that day, and uh, now we got one of the first wave uh, Dawn of X wave books, uh, the first wave of Dawn of X books, I should say, uh, in with Marauders uh, issues sixteen through twenty. We'll be covering. I just went on a weird spiel there for the last couple of minutes. But anyways, we're going to be talking about Marauders uh, 16 through 20, and uh, that's that's what we'll that's what we will be covering today. We got it from uh, right. Uh, excuse me. Got Marauders 16 through 20, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Stefano Casali and Matteo Lolli, uh, colors by Edgar Delgado and Chris Sotomayor, uh, lettering by Corey Pettit, exterior and interior designs by uh, by Tom Mueller and senior editor. Uh, on the X-Line, Jordan D. White, as always, overseeing the uh, the books. First of all, we got issue 16, and it is the fallout from Ten of Swords as well as other important things. Revenge is sweet. Is is it? Is it's revenge is a dish best served cold? I think that is the. I think that's the the saying. I always thought for a long time it was ice cream. So whenever someone asked me, hey, do you want to get back at this guy? And they talked about, we're going to get that cold dish out. I'm like, we're going to be eating ice cream today. And they're like, no, we're talking about revenge. But anyways, I wish... Well, Well, I think, hold on. Because I used to think that it meant like you want to be like cold with them with revenge. But it really means... a. A dish best served cold means like it's been sitting out for a while. It's it's it was first hot and then cooled down. So like revenge is best to like wait and like get the right timing for. You know what I mean? When they're least expecting it. That's what the the phrase uh, uh, revenge is the best dish served cold because it's been sitting out. It's been waiting to. It's, it was hot at first and then cooled down. You know what I mean? And now it's being served. So what's the That's dif- how I always interpret So what's it. the difference between that and like strike while the iron is hot? Because obviously, like let's just say you have a thing against some guy for whatever reason. And like, do you get it while it's hot? Do you get it while it's cold? What is your interpretation on this weird ideologue that I guess I'm talking about? Well, yeah. It's that's that's how that's how I've always interpreted it. I don't know, uh, but you're saying you interpret it as just being like like it is a cold dish. Like you want to be mean, you want to be terrible, you want to be as heartless as possible. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, and of course, like it's I, like ice cream. You know, you don't eat ice cream when it's melted. You eat ice cream when it is frozen out from the out from the scoop handle, and I don't I don't know what you call it. Like those those weird. I, I mean, the only we're gonna have to. When we when we drop this poll, I mean, when we drop this podcast, we're just gonna have to put up a poll on our Instagram. You guys, please go to our Instagram and vote. We need this. This is back to the bloody and filthy debate once again. Which, by the way, I was called out. I was called out by uh, one of our listeners, Cameron Matthews, big time listener, always listens to each one of our podcasts. He said because I didn't, I prefer boneless wings over bone wings. That I shouldn't be calling myself a bloody like that's such a filthy thing, and I, I have to agree with him. And I, and I, I started th- because to me I like him boneless because I could just eat more and faster. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I guess it would make more. It w- does taste better on the bone. I'm not arguing that. So I just want Cameron to know that that I'm still 100% bloody. All right, don't don't come at me with your with your chicken wing propaganda. Okay, sir. Hi, Cameron. Right, Thank you. On. I just had. Thank you, Cameron, for the amazing insight. Because yes, you are a fake. Uh, that is that is what happened there, and I appreciate. Wait, hold it. up. By the way, how do you, do you prefer boneless or boneless? I definitely bone prefer inmates? boneless because. There it is. You're, he was right. It's a filthy thing. I should have. I should have known. I should have def- known. I definitely right. prefer boneless for sure over, over boned. Yeah, who eats? <laughs> Like you don't no, have to, t- you don't I, have to I, worry, you don't have to worry better. about the bone. Right you don't have to worry about the bone. Um, you could just eat and rummage through without like the only thing like you're choking on is if you eat too much at one point. But at that time, it's like you're taking out the bone. Listen, I just like eating, and when you can eat stuff in one sitting and you don't have to worry about a darn thing, that is when 
that is when it's good. And I argue that it is just it's just best boneless. But anyways, we, we need to side curve all that because we're not here to talk about ice cream or chicken wings or whatever the heck else. That's right. We need to talk We're here to talk about Sebastian Shaw's ass getting the shit served to him cold. And the coldest You know what the best part I thought about? Like literally the best part I thought in that whole exchange was when Kate threw Shaw out the window and he's like and he's he's out there, he's sitting in the clothes like ah and he's he's just lying there on the pavement. And Glob comes over, he's like, Hi, you okay, Mr. Shaw? And then uh and then Kate's just like, Hey Glob, bye Glob, and then she pulls him back in to beat him up more. That was a moment where I I just bawled out laughing. I was like uh, <laughs> Yeah, well yeah, good. and let's talk about like the the beauty in that writing too, just the way the sequencing, he gets, she throws him out, then she walks through the wall because her powers are to phase through stuff, and then phase just says hi to Glob and then drags Sebastian Shaw in, like, and just that sequence of like just dragging him in while he's screaming like through the wall is just, it's just great, it's it's awesome. He really understands how to write her powers in a really cool way across the board. Everything he's done with the fight scenes, with just the way that she is, the 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 whole rebirth stuff, all that kind of stuff is really fucking cool. And I think he's probably the best Kate Ryder I've seen. Uh, also, on top of that, adding Glob to that scene just adds comedy. Just him being in the scene just adds comedy. You know what I mean? So it was really brilliant, brilliantly written across the board. It was good. It was really good. I thought that, well, first of all, Shaw deserved it. I, I think that's all we got to say because, yeah, I wish that. I don't know. It's interesting because it's been delving up since, I guess, the sixth issue. You think that it'd be more rummaging, more uh, before we actually take him out. Uh, would would it actually be longer? But I guess from the cover of issue sixteen, where Emma's in her diamond form and Kate's just uh, over Sebastian's body and he's beat up to a pulp. It's interesting too because like the guy ends up in a wheelchair. He he has an eye patch. So I guess he's a marauder. I don't. I don't know how. Where how is that? Is that how a pirate works? Like you just get one eye taken out, and you're automatically a a pirate. Is that is that how it works? I I don't know what the detailing and script. No, is. I think, I think you are a pirate, and then you lose an eye. I think it's not that you lose an eye, and become a pirate. I think it's you're a pirate, so you lose an eye or a hand or a leg. I think you just lose stuff because it's fucking sailing is hard. That shit's treacherous. Have you seen the ocean? Have you seen the ocean? Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, there's whales out there. Fucking whales, bro, and squids. That shit, that shit gets cracking, <laughs> right? I wonder if we actually right? could speaking get. It. Of, speaking of shit, that's pretty cracking. What's cracking over at the Grand Geek Gathering, man? Uh, that's a good question. Well, I'm here to tell you all about it, but not in me. This form, it'll be like in a pre-recorded sort of scripted type form. But anyways, that me will tell you what's cracking over there. So, yeah, we'll be right back after these subliminal messages. I hear the drums echoing the night. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. No, that song always gets stuck in my head at least once a once a week. It just it's a great song. Welcome back, guys, to this episode of the Dom of X as we continue our trek along uh, the very weird and truncated outlook of Marauders and what it's specifically posing through, going through, how we're getting here, what's behind the Hellfire Corporation and the sea waves, etc., etc., etc. Can I also say I really like the Lockheed in this issue, where he just, he eats, looks like he eats Sebastian's eye, and then he spits it out, which is yeah, just, he's so disgusted by him, <laughs> and like all the blood, and the censoring, and you can tell too, he big, he a big chunky boy, I want to have a lock he is, I want okay, I need a reminder, because it's been a while since we read the arc, 
What happened with Lockheed? I remember he got put in the ocean, right? Or something? He did. And then he was rescued, right? Brock back. Uh, he was rescued by... Who were they rescued? He was by rescued... He was, Mandaporians, right? Like yeah, people from the Madripoor like, Bay or what, whatever it's called. Because they're just they're just fishermen, like fisher. Correct, fishermen, and they got and they got Lockheed okay. in the net, and she re- and Lockheed returned home to Kate and and the rest of them, and now Lockheed is here and happy, and I'm happy that Lockheed's here and happy because a happy Lockheed means a happy me, and a happy me means that. Uh, I don't. I don't have to be angry at something this episode. So, it, yeah, I, I exactly. So yeah, so I, I'm. I get my wrath spared, and I get a pretty cool uh, moment in between. A Sebastian loses an eye, or gets his. Uh, yeah, basically, the girls rush him. The girls rush him, and they're like, "We look. We we that stupid ass tournament got in the way of us doing this, but the tournament's over. So now we now you got a reckoning, motherfucker. Basically." Basically, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that's what that's what they say, and it's and they come at him hard because they're they're not waiting around anymore. They even take away his powers. They do everything. They they basically put him in a wheelchair and say, "Guess what? You are our bitch." And if anyone asks, we're dealing with that with us, and that's all you need to know. Okay, we don't need to make this about the Quiet Council. This can just be about the Hellfire Club. Okay, this is just the spring side of the council. All right, they don't need to know because if they know, you're about to get spend the rest of your life in jail because you you try you killed me. And da, 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 da. And he even tries, he even tries to say, "Oh, but I had I had a reason for it." And da, 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 da. it was garbage. It's trash and no one believes him. And I don't I don't believe him at all. Do you believe his his plea that he wanted to kill Kate because he wasn't sure if she was a mutant and it wasn't worth working with her if she was, if she wasn't, right? What do you think? Do you think that was true? I think it's clear that Shaw has a mutual disrespect for the both of them, uh, just because politics, and he knows that. Yeah, he he knows, he just, uh, I don't think he likes any of them. It's all selfish corporate laundering. I don't know, I don't know what the word, selfish corporate something for, for Sebastian it, I don't. I just don't. I don't think he cares about her. Like he knew. Did he not know about her mutant stuff? I don't think it was that. It's clear that like if you. I remember when I read Marauders number six and they were fighting. Like that wasn't a fight because like, oh, I want to see if you're a mutant. Like it wasn't in the Crucible. Like say if they did it in the Crucible and right, and the, and the two battled there to see if oh is Kate actually a mutant or not. I get okay fine. I can see where you're coming from with the argument. But no, it was, you're somewhere out over the ocean, you're fighting like Donald Pierce and a whole bunch of these other schlucks, and now you're saying, oh, uh, uh, I, I thought Kate was a, was, like, no, it's, it's just, it's lying. I, that's what it is. It's, it's dishonesty, and it, and I, I, it's, it's just not right. It's not right. It's not. It's not corporate espionage, corporate handlings, corporate whatever aside. It's bullshit, and he's an asshole, and I'm glad that he got what's coming to him, which is basically he's been neutered, right? He has been neutered. He is done. He is not done. He's just in a wheelchair, and you can only do so much in a wheelchair. You can, unless you're Professor X. Is that how it works? Like, unless you're Professor X and you're, well, no. You can do some some stuff in a wheelchair. I mean, we have like you know Barbara Gordon, one of the best superheroes ever. Um, she was able to do a lot of stuff as as an oracle in the wheelchair. But guys like Sebastian, I don't know. We'll have to see, eh? Like and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess the council. First of all, let me also acknowledge this. I love how they have the two open spots because they know that Gene isn't there and Apocalypse isn't there. I'm pretty sure that if you had to had it for at one point, um, well, they're deadlocked. I guess no one will ever know about the Red Reckoning. Well, well, they they mentioned that Magneto knows. I'm 150 percent sure that that Xavier knows because he fucking knows everything that happens on that island, you know. Um, Bishop knows, but I guess he's part of Hellfire. So it's just, I think it's just going to be all on the spring. It's going to be spring side of the council. 
that's going to be dealing with this and it's not going to be public knowledge what what went down and i i kind of like it because they still need shaw like all things aside shaw is still krakoan and hardcore patriarch patriarch hardcore patriot of krakoa okay and mutant kind he's proven himself that but at the same time he's just a shitty person and wants all the power for himself too like he it, it's a weird thing but and he's been like this for centuries too you know and that's that's the thing too it's he's he's not a mutant who is uh who is a lot who has always been aligned on one side like you know Catherine pride you know she she's always been a good decent person I'd argue Emma is not a decent person, but she's tried to be. Shaw isn't either of that. Uh, he's not conflicted. He's not on one side, one clear side of, yeah, I want to do good. I want to do what's out right in the world. He is a... He sucks. So I, I think that's how to say. He sucks. And, uh... He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. We all... we There's a lot of things we disagree about with this stuff, but we both agree. Sebastian Shaw sucks. Like, always has been, always will be. I've never, never liked him. He's one of the bad guys that I love to hate. You know what I mean? And yeah, we need an update. You know what? This is a, this might be a hot take for me. I really would like to see a sort of different style of their uniforms. I actually am sort of getting awkwardly tired with Kate in the red, but I'm more so tired of Shaw in the Victorian... Like, you... Like, Emma has a wardrobe change every single issue. Why can't Shaw have a wardrobe change every single issue? Like, get that man some decent leather. There's no leather here. And that's what I just don't lo- Like, there's no, there's nothing there. Change the outfit, change everything. I, I disagree. I like it. I think it's really cool. I think the whole new era of, of Kate is really awesome with the hair, with the, just the costume, the whole shebang a bang. I'm, I'm for it. I love, I love it. I think, I think it's, she's really starting to play towards that higher fashion stuff because Emma's being like basically her, I don't want to say her mentor. I could say her fashion mentor at the very least. You know what I mean? Because even though she's on like, you know, on the seas and everything, she still is in pretty fashionable attire. Whether you like it or not, you can't sit here and say it's not fashionable. Oh no, I'm talking about Sebastian and how he needs to change the Victorian outfit. I had a I was on that and maybe I need to communicate better. But my point is just like I will show you the Hellfire Gala to Kate um sometime later because i know you haven't been keeping up with this in life stuff you're waiting for that when it all comes out but i much prefer i don't know i just think like it could get be more spiffy but i was mainly talking about how shaw needs to get a better look and it's just he just wears the same thing every issue when it's like you don't have to wear the same thing every issue Yo, no, 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 no. That that's a production thing. It costs money, and you you want to keep things as consistent, and easy for comic book artists. That's why costumes don't need to change. All right, I'm I'm totally on board with costumes staying the same. You know, only for big events should they change or certain certain things that you're trying to go for. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Magneto literally has three different outfits. You know, but they all look the same. They're just like different colors. Does that make sense? Is that a costume? I. Are we calling these costumes? Or that? I think that's another question. Are these costumes? Or are these just like... Because they're not going out into battle with this. Like, the only person who's going out to battle is Kate. Like, Emma doesn't really do much out there, nor does... Whatever her face is called. Like, Emma Emma doesn't really go in. Like, Kate... Like, Sebastian doesn't. They're not getting dirty. Maybe Maybe this is what we should do. Hmm. I honestly have no idea where I was going with this, but my point is just you have you have money. He wears the same thing every issue. Marvel should pay their artists more, anyways. But yeah, I don't know. I I keep looking at this, and I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not into Hellfire stuff as as much as other people are, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's where my point stands. Yeah. But what's your point on uh, the Reavers coming back? Where do you stand on that? The new Reavers are really weird. Right? But they're also really it's, cool. It's, 
they're they're mo like you know we're used to the more robotic looking kind of guys you know what i'm saying this is a little bit more of that what do they call it bio bio techno whatever biotechnology kind of looking kind of goopy kind of guys you know not so machine more kind of like nanotechnology i don't know you know it, it was it's a little bit different way of, of how they look but they still have that reaver feel you know what i mean they do i i think like they are so weird the new weird reavers are awesome i remember when like Lady Deathstrike and all of them used to be in it, and one, like, looked the shape of Wolverine, which was cool, and I like weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. They're just, they're just cool. They're just awesome. Like, the new villains or whatever they're introducing, I know that Duggan is juggling with a whole bunch of them, not counting the already main cast or big cast he has i enjoyed it though i enjoyed it i think that's all i have to say they just look cool they look really cool uh where they at where they're all at is cool uh and they got they got like these weird orange things glowing up they're all like sleeveless or naked which is also, yeah, they're shirtless for sure. They're shirtless. I'm pretty sure they got pants. I don't have the comic book in front of me, but I'm 99% sure they have pants on. And they all seem to be different ages. And the fact of the revenge aspect of them too, I don't think that was a normal Reaver thing from back in the day. Uh, for those that don't know, Reavers are basically post-humans that the government upgrades to fight off the mutants. You know what I mean? Um, these guys, though, have a little bit different because they were all fucked up by mutants at one point or another throughout the series. Like, they got their arms cut off, they, you know, whatever. Um, and that's why they make them. So they have, not only are they superpowered, but they have a revenge, a, a revenge vendetta against the mutant kind. And when you have that, you get cool scenes in with some of the other Marauders cast, like Pyro... Not being the annoying Australian bloke that he already is, and actually using his fire and all that. It's cool! I, I don't know, I don't know. I like the sort of flashback we get. Fighting these fools, and now you have yes. Uh, now you have Pyro. R.I.P. Gorgon, by the way. R.I.P. Gorgon. I wonder when we're gonna get back to that storyline uh, with uh, Dead for Cohen's. It's not... yeah. Are they gonna? Are we gonna? Yeah. Will they resurrect him as a new person? That's gonna be an interesting thing because that would be kind of dope. Like literally, talk about a reboot. You know, he has. That's the beautiful thing that he set up with that. Like he can reboot characters now if he wants. Because, like, a literal reboot in the universe, because that's what they're doing if they bring him back, if they die in other world, you know? They can't come back as their same self. They're a different person. Like, what's up with Rockslide? Are they going to bring back Gorgon? That's a whole other thing that we haven't even talked about or thought about, really. Is that something that could happen? Would you like to see that? I would. I would let's see a new Gorgon. What, what, an Arakan Gorgon? That would be dumb. Iraqi. I, I, you know, it's Iraqi. Iraqi, sorry. I know. I'm always. I always want to say Iraqi, but Iraqi, Iraqi, Iraqi. Got it. Iraqi. But yeah. Um. I. I would like to see. You know what I want to see more of? I want to see more of these Callisto store moments. I honestly think that my favorite parts of Marauders are when they focus on the pirate crew and when they don't focus on Hellfire politics. Like when it's with Storm, when it's with Callisto, when it's with Kate, when it, when it's with Bishop. Which with the two? When it's with the two? The two? Can we talk about the two? And, <laughs> and the and the brilliant writing behind that name? They're like, look, we're we're the two. Like, what? Why are you guys the two? Well, we can't be fire and ice. No one would take us seriously. So we're now the two. So Iceman and Pyro are now the two, and it's fucking hilarious, and I love it, and that's such a great name. I agree. It's it's interesting too because there, there's a we can't be the five because there are they already have a five, and there's also another book that has a different number. But when we get to it, we'll get to that. But 
Hit them as the two. You know what? Tag, fire, and ice. I mean, I dig it. It's cool. It's fun. It opts in for some cool battle scenes. Uh, cancels out. Powers out. Fwooshes. Let the ice go. Let the flames burn. And, yeah, you can't help but just appreciate how fun some of these guys are. Some so How, how some of uh, the action in Drabbles rolls around. And you get... 05 with one of the more annoying characters I'd argue in all of X-Men, but you can still enjoy that regardless. Who's the most annoying way? Who? Who? Pyro. I can't stand most of him. Who will be some Pyro? But he's anno- he reminds me of me at my worst times when like I'm just talking and talking and talking and that's all you do. You just talk and um that's that's all i gotta say he just talks a lot he talks like me i think i'm just maybe is it is it me annoyed at myself it probably is but he he's got a i know he's he's got a weird mask tattoo he's always been that uh get in your pants sort of person and well that's i don't know it's all fun in and something that's uh I, I've got nothing, man. He's he is a you character. Just, you just don't like his. You don't like his vibe. You you hate him because he reminds you of yourself. Exactly, and that's a terrible thing. That that now we need to let's turn around. Let's pull up the couch. Okay, Dom. What what what's going on, Dom? Tell me about how does your mother feel about all that? No, I'm joking. I'm not going to put you on the couch. No, but seriously, I don't see any pyro in you. I don't see that. I'm I I don't think so. Um, are you is pyro a spaz yes are you a spaz yes but i think he's a spaz in a more murderous criminalistic kind of way you're more of a spaz in like i really like comic books kind of way (laughs) (laughs) i guess that works i guess it opts in and and works yeah i don't know just it just works for that it also works though i thought that callisto because I, th- I feel like this is also another part in this issue in this issue to talk about. Callisto and Storm finally getting their, their moments in. Uh, and again, I just love this book when it, it just focuses on stuff like that. The fight between those two in The Crucible was really well done. I appreciated the callbacks. And... It's something that these two are just going to be going prodding on and forward. It's it's uh, all it's all it's all strong. It's all really strong, and I appreciated the I just appreciated the tension between those two. I thought it was really well done, and it's it was definitely one of my favorite parts of of this of this arc of Marauders. I, I I really liked the twentieth issue. The final issue, for sure, was my favorite, without even a doubt. Just them all sitting around talking about how awesome uh, Storm is and everything, you know. Um, something else that I like to sit around and talk about what's awesome is all the things going on at the Grand Geek Gathering, wouldn't you say, Dominic? I would definitely say that, and yeah, I'm gonna go talk about it again in the person not me. It'll be a different me, but it'll be the same me. So I'll have that me talk about that. And we'll get back after these messages. Two friends, many opposite opinions, have both come together to talk, argue, trail off, then flip and steer back to every single one of the subjects that is on their hands. Sam loved Marvel, Tyler loved DCs, but both love cookies. Regardless, Go check out Anyway with Sam and Tyler, my wonderful producer, here at the Grand Geek Gathering. That's at thegrandgeekgathering.com to enjoy this show. All right. Welcome back to the Dom of X show where we talk about the X-Men or I guess mutants because the X-Men 
there are only two X-Men on this planet at the moment, but they're not active, active yet, and they're not in this book. I did not see Cyclops or Jean Grey in this book, so we're talking about the Hellfire Corporation and also the Marauders, which is the pirate crew that distributes. You, you get what we get, what we're all saying. But anyways, before we get to that point, I want to talk about two things, two last things before we delve out and, and end this this episode because I feel like there is still two things to talk about. I really liked the the what what are they called? The name is slipping me. The more I really like the Morlocks. Morlocks. I really like the Morlocks yes. in issue nineteen, where we're reintroduced back with Callisto and uh, her her old friends, her old shit. We got Bliss. You got Brute, you got Hump. Um, hey, you know what? I I freaking loved that that part of Marauders, and I wish I got to see some more of it. Um, I think it's cool too because, like, I hate knockoffs, but at the same time, Bliss as a Jean Grey sort of looking person because she is wearing or bliss is wearing jeans old x-factor uniform uh blah 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 right. blah and hey you know what they is there a reason behind that or is that just for fun i have no idea to be honest there's, there's got to be something that happens in canon we'll we'll look it up and and get back to you next no let's look it up now we got time yeah we got time 40, so minutes so, so so look it up so this is so. This is the reason why, and this is found in Uncanny X Men issues two sixty one to two sixty three, which is drawn by one of your one of our faves, uh, Mark Silvestri, when he was on the uh, on the title. Uh, probably my favorite. Yes. Probably my favorite stuff in that. Like I like the Silvestri stuff over the Jim Lee stuff. That's my hot take. But I agree. I agree, but most most call, I don't know. I think the only person that wouldn't agree with that is is Jim Lee. But you know, <laughs> yeah, and he's also a more most uh, most people will agree with that. He's mo- also a more marketable name, and of course, he did X Men number one. But my point just being, so Mask, uh, who was also in this issue and who has been in a number of these issues now, he sculpted Bliss to. To impersonate Jean Grey when he tried to mock, I guess, the X-Men. Impersonate the X-Men. Whatever you want to call it. Um, she is a, she's sculptable and uh, sort of morph. Yeah, you can morph her. She, she morphs. And she, she wants to turn into one thing. You can. And... That's, and she has a thing that comes out of her comes out of her mouth, right? Correct. And, and that's her new powers now. It's like it's like an alien head snake thing, right? Yep. Well, got, not alien head. You got that weird tongue, but like it's the tongue with a mouth yeah, on it. It's a it's a tongue with a mouth on it. Oh, okay. So it's nothing weird. No. That's what I was like because you look at her, you're like, "How's this chick a Morlock? She looks hella fine, all right. She looks normal, and then she opens her mouth, and then here comes a monster that's on the that does all the talking for her, if I'm not mistaken. You just right? yep, and yeah, you open it's like, oh, well then, that's a that's a weird mouth. Stefan again, Stefano Caselli drew it great. I liked it, uh, but yeah, it's that that was a very Again, I just really like these this book when it's focused on stuff not relating to the Hellfire Corporation, and when it's done with side characters, or maybe that's just one thing. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just really clicked with me. The covered in nineteen is also great too, where you have uh, Bishop, Callisto, and Kate all on the piles of rubble and dust, and Kate's holding a pirate flag. Bishop's holding his gun. It's about to blow. Really good stuff. Uh, that was a cool cover, I thought. Um, but moving on, like, I... There's some stuff. There's the cool reclamation in issue 20. Uh, I thought the part where... This is the weirdest part to me. Where Sebastian Shaw is... 
talking about, or not Sebastian, Sebastian and Emma are talking about Lord Chantel and possibly resurrecting her at the end. I want to see where that's headed into. Um, now, remind me, that's not the one that was in Astonishing X-Men, that, that, the blob or whatever, right? This is a different character? Yeah, this was all the way, this is all the way back in classic X-Men number seven. Uh, I talked about it with our good, with our good old Mike. Um, that was Sebastian Shaw's first and technical only requisite love interest that he's had. Unless you want to count all of his stuff with Emma. Um, I, yeah, that's it's so very... It, yeah, he wants her back. I get why. That's all I gotta say. Like, he wants people. I, I think they. Well, you know, through it all, and you you kind of see it in that scene. They don't get along. There's always been a power struggle between the two of them, but there's still this kind of like camaraderie between the two of them. At the same time, history, maybe even you could say, that kind of keeps them entangled and keeps them kind of frenemies, to say to say the least. You know that like there's, and you really notice like that there's a real history in that scene right there where there's where they're sitting out on the balcony talking i think there is it's just like it's it's the acclamation of sort of understanding on even though i know that from the bottom of her heart emma wants to rip shaw's lungs out until he passes out you know i know that's her mo mojo um i don't know what else you would call it yeah, I, you know what? When we get to that point in when we cover the Hellfire Gala, because they do have the uh, single issue of um, Classic X-Men number seven, where we are introduced to Lord Chantel and who she is and why she's so important to the X-Men or the Hellfire Gala or the Hellfire Corporation, I should say. Um, then we'll, we'll, we will get a, a more toasted feel, and I guarantee you that whatever Shaw has planned up his sleeve, which is probably going to end in more uh, turmoil for him, albeit how fast this has all come out to, to be, uh, is going to be very interesting to see how old people reunite in that, that, sort of, that sort of whole entire, I don't know what you call it, revenge is a... Revenge ice cream. Revenge plot. Revenge plot. Yes. Reve- your, reve- your revenge ice cream. We're serving up ice cream for these motherfuckers because it's their last meal. Boom. That's how we make it work. Revenge is the best served ice cream. Revenge is the best served the last meal they're ever going to have. Boom. That's one-tastic if I've ever heard it. Oh, absolutely. It is the most one-tastic line so far that we've used or saying. Saying? That could have been said by Confucius. We can we can pirate that in. It could have. Is there- yeah. <laughs> also, I think uh, another thing I don't think we really talked about, but the crucible. What what do you think of the crucible scene? Oh, like I said earlier, I just I really like the tension in between Callisto and Storm, uh, and and how those two fought over both being leaders of the Morlocks or former ones, anyways. Um, but the actual fight scene, though, not not let's not dive too deep. Like how it went down and like the whole layout, because I thought it was really cool how she kind of, it was almost like a pity kill, right? Yeah. Or not pity is not the word, but like a gentle killing, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. she stops her heart within seconds, you know what I mean? Because she said, and that's why Callisto picks her, you know, because she doesn't want to get cut. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to get cut. Fuck that. Did you. <laughs> You have powers. Use them. Oh, don't worry. Storm can bring all of her thunder in on me. This is not... Don't take that the wrong way, guys. Uh, my point is just... You look at Storm. You look at you look at Callisto. Uh, I really like the... Again, the tension between them was great. The dialogue was great. Um, just like, again, those sort of like calm moments in... Uh, lost within the shuffle of the Storm. No pun intended. Um... You just right, yeah. You can't you can't help but just fathom how how great that all is, and it's uh, the 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 power of Storm though just never changes me. Like they always call her a goddess, and she totally is. There's like this benevolence about her. There's this 
this this quiet strength that you can just look at and you just respect you know it's there even when there's she's just standing there you just know that there's just so much there so much that she's been through so much wisdom so much pain so much strength so much power so much everything like she's she's everything she's one of the best characters ever created in in the entire marvel character log or character list of like across everything and i i think she's just done so well by dugan as well like we we still get those moments where she's just standing there and there's just like a flash of lightning behind her and you're just like oh you know what i'm saying does that make sense does make sense yeah um it's something that I appreciate, and wherever Storm is headed next, because it's clear that she will be le- she's gonna she's leaving this book. She's going to another one, um, and I think like we saw earlier, how we got the teaser of Storm going into space. Yeah, I, am I prepped up? Am I ready for Al Ewing Storm? I think I am. I think I am. I'm definitely interested to see where Al Ewing possibly don't don't take that for word, but when she gets there, I can't wait to see how Ewing props her up in that retrospect and what the whole entire deal is with her self-searching soul searching universe searching what is she doing i don't know but i'm really happy that there is a plan for storm there is a plan to do something with her and her character and it's something that i can't wait to see in the next chapter of sword possibly and the Reign of X. Yeah, well, we, from the promo that you sent me of Inferno, I mean, that Mark, first of all, Mark Brooks, pimp, gangster, Mac, uh, there's not enough awesome adjectives I can use to describe him or nouns, nouns, regardless. This guy, um, he draws her. Okay, we see Storm in a straight up Space Queen outfit. Like, she looks like Space royalty like she there's some she are shit that's about to go down right i don't know what it is but this summer is this is everyone's calling it you know hot girl summer no this is the summer of storm guys i'm calling it right now hashtag summer of storm all right let me see those hashtags out there everyone hashtag summer of storm let's see this dylan that's her hellfire girl summer that's her hellfire gala outfit summer dylan that's her hellfire gala outfit what yeah. Are you sure? I'm 100% so, sure. So she gets, can, but that's from Inferno. The picture you sent me was from Inferno. But that's what she's wearing for the gala? With the shoulder That's pads? what she's wearing for the gala. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But, really? Because it doesn't it, it does look Shi'ar to you, though, right? I'm not tripping? Maybe I should have just... But I, would, I need to send you Russell Dodderman's sketch concepts of the whole... Like, he did 12 characters. That was one of them. She was in there. I think just my point is like, I have no idea what she's about to do, but I, I, I honestly have no idea because like Inferno, I still have no idea what it's going to be about. I still have no idea what Storm and her whole deal is and why she's leaving this book. But again, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to be fed and interested. It's just that we're hopefully going to get better, a bigger focus on the politicos of marauders and have some more fun there i think that's the most important i can't wait i think the most i think in all this in all this weird time and how awkwardly shuffled the gala was because covid19 happened and obviously tennisors had to be pushed back the hell for gala had to be pushed back uh these issues sort of i could see where i i, I commend duggan for trying his best to build up to the gala in the most organic way possible, even though he didn't really have a shot to do that. I think he, I think it lines up great. I mean, what else more do they need to set up for it? You know, it's the. I feel like see. I feel like events spend so much time setting up things that they forget about the actual event itself. Forget that. I don't need a bunch of setup. I need the event. That's what matters. So don't just give us like a couple. You know. A couple issues of them going around setting stuff up for it and then just go into it you know what i mean we don't need a big long pre uh not prequel what's the, the prelude for? prelude yeah we don't need a prelude okay we need the fucking event okay and and because 
That that's what sword X of Swords was great. Don't get me wrong, but like the event, the actual tournament itself was weird and kind of funky. But the lead up to it was amazing. The ending was amazing. But like the so I don't want it to be like that. We don't need to have all this extra stuff. We just need the event to be good. All right. So just focus on that. I, so I disagree with you there. I I don't. I think he had more than enough time and did more than enough he needed to because all the gala on the surface is supposed to be just a state dinner just to bring in different people from around the world to talk about business affairs and all that kind of stuff and how how Krakoa can work with them and yada 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 right so that what setup do you need i have no idea but when the gala gets here and when all the literally everyone in the marvel universe will be showing up i can't wait to cover it and because that book is sort of the cornerstone of it we'll uh yeah when we get to there we get to there but anyways dylan I want to thank the Green Geek Gathering, Tyler, our producer, and all of the other amazing hosts doing their amazing shows and articles and everything else on the network. Go check them out, guys, if you haven't yet. It's at thegreengeekgathering.com for all the amazing stuffs and everything else that you need, frankly, to be a geek, to be the best and most up-to-date nerd uh, in the business. Um, if you guys want to, of course, you can follow me. At uh, Domovex Studio on Twitter and Instagram, that's where I do all the announcements and whatnot for the shows and the previews and the extra everything. Um, getting prepped up there. I know I've been busy with life, but uh, sometime I will get back to the to the nick of things and uh, get back on track. And also, Dylan, thank you again, my friend, for uh, for talking about Kate Pride and her band of black market misfits with me as always heck yeah dude until next time dom until the next time you be you guys stay safe and have a great one <laughs>